Sean, you have had a rather exciting last couple weeks from what I've heard. Uh, is that the word for it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exciting. I think there's there's a quote that I've heard one time, and I don't know if it's actually a Chinese proverb, but it's it's kind of a <laughs> it's kind of a Chinese proverb that has a good and both a bad side. It says, "May you be born, no, may you live in interesting times." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that isn't always a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we we just well, actually just a couple minutes ago we finished finished up our episode about what are we excited about for the future, and I rambled on for probably too long about fusion power and space exploration <laughs> and tried to rationalize why space exploration is good. And, uh-huh. and yeah, if those things are develop, it's going to be quite interesting, but you've had an interesting slash exciting couple of weeks. So I don't know if you want to share a little bit with kind of a peek into what it's like to live in Peru and <laughs> become a dad again. <laughs> Right. Yeah, well, everything right now is couched in the political turmoil that Peru finds itself in. And it feels like it's been forever that this has been going on. But I believe it was just in December that the sitting president, I don't don't know what all happened in the politics, but I think a fairly accurate summary is that uh, he wanted to redo the way the Constitution, the nation moved forward. He wanted to rewrite the Constitution. He wanted to rethink the way democracy was handled. Mm-hmm. And there's this uh, phrase that gets thrown away, thrown around a lot in political cycles in the States about draining the swamp. Mm-hmm. And so he was kind of going with that idea idea a little bit and his suggestion was to close the congress and fire every congressperson <laughs> and have a re-election start from scratch and then with the new congress people that were would be elected to rewrite or edit renew the constitution so there were a lot of people that were in favor of that because as is the case in many Latin countries, there's a lot of corruption in government. And so it appeals to the people to think about starting over, having clean people and having a new constitution that prohibits mm-hmm. people from being corrupt and so on and so forth. So, yeah, it's a very attractive idea. <laughs> so he tried to do that. As you can imagine, the Congress people weren't excited about being fired. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> and so they enacted something that is in their constitution in their congressional powers, which is to impeach a president who is trying to undermine uh, democracy and the constitution. And legally that's what he was doing, I guess, technically. So they impeached him and he was found guilty and they stripped him of his presidency and imprisoned him (laughs) <laughs> in a, all in about four hours' time. Wow. So he had announced that he was prepared to close down Congress and re you know, move forward with his plan. And I think it was about four hours later, if I if I remember correctly. It was a number of hours later that he was uh in jail. <laughs> and so his vice president went into the presidency and became the first woman president of Peru. 
and that has that whole fiasco has thrown the country into turmoil. So there are now two sides of of the whole situation who are uh, basically at war with each other, and uh, that means that the side that's against the president, especially, is very violent. Uh, they've been closing down roads. They've been attacking malls, burning uh, public buildings. Uh, they took over an airport in southern Peru and burned the inside. They've been attacking hmm. police officers and government officials, so on and so forth. And uh, really, really crazy stuff now going on for about about a month, I believe. And in the midst of that... <laughs> With the roads being completely closed down, the baby decided to come. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> right. We have been planning to have a home birth, and uh, the midwife, we called her, and she tried to get here. The roads were closed. She had to convince the roadblocks that she was coming to a birth. Uh, she had paperwork to show it. And anyway, it, it took her a long time to get here. She was in the room right at about five minutes, maybe a little bit less uh, before the baby was here. So <laughs> hmm. it was uh, exciting times, but everything went well with that. But within a number of minutes after the birth, things went south and yeah, there were some complications, some hemorrhaging, and uh, it looked like we were going to yeah, it was. It looked very much like we were going to lose my wife. She ended up uh, having no no pulse and no blood pressure for hmm. a little while, and seeing zero wow. on both of those numbers is really bad. Hmm. <laughs> really bad. I think <laughs> you're trying to make it sound pretty bad, but that's that's still an understatement. I would say. Yeah, I have never been in a scarier situation. For sure, people have criticized us since then, which is what you do when when someone almost dies, because mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you criticize those around them for why they didn't do more. Yeah, that's that's how you show you you love them, I guess. <laughs> uh, anyway, like, why didn't you go to the hospital? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? And and uh, I can understand why people have those questions. You know, why didn't you just call the ambulance? But you, you, those people don't know what it's like to have the whole country shut down and to be in danger of if you go out that you will your vehicle will be attacked. They will turn it over on its side and burn your vehicle down. And uh, one of the political ideas running through this situation is that the United States is responsible for the way that the president was the former president was arrested and the new president was put in place. Uh, it's a con- conspiracy theory that is going through Peru that the United States uh, orchestrated all of this. Okay. And so white people white people are in a lot of danger here. Hmm. All Americans would be, but uh, Peruvians think of Americans as white, and so they're very racist about it in that way. Mm-hmm. So it would have been... It would have been extremely dangerous and probably impossible for us to get to a hospital. And when someone is bleeding out, it's not like you have 
half an hour <laughs> to yeah. get somewhere where they can stabilize them. But anyway, whatever that's worth. It's just a completely different situation when the whole country is is shut down and where a quarter mile from your front door there are uh, an angry mob of of drunken people burning vehicles, burning tires, having the road covered with trees and so on, and there's mm-hmm. really nowhere that you can go. So that's how our baby was born. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it reminds me a little bit of, who was it, Marie Antoinette, when she was told, I mean, it, this is apocryphal, I don't think this probably actually happened, but <laughs> yeah. when she was told that the peasants were angry because they didn't have any bread, she said, well, let them eat cake. Yeah, <laughs> it's like she had lots of that. Yeah, like let's <laughs> let's have them do something that's totally impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of referring to those that were saying you should call the ambulance. Yeah, right. So we uh, we we did we did survive. Uh, I don't see how it's possible that my wife lived, mm-hmm. except for the mercy of God and His intervention that's my scientific explanation (laughs) (laughs) yeah the yeah the midwife was saying we ended up uh, taking measurements of the amount of blood that was lost and it goes against what medical people would say is possible to keep living without a transfusion but my wife is doing really well and we're grateful for that that's how our that's how our baby came into the world we then thought things were calming down with the protests. Uh, we had about a week of quiet, and Steph's folks were planning to fly from the States here to visit us. And they, my father-in-law asked me, is it safe for us to fly the next day? And I said, well, we've been to Cusco today, which is about, an, we went about an hour away to the other end of town to do some shopping. Everything was normal. We haven't had protests for a number of days. I think it's fine. Mm-hmm. And uh turned out to be not the case. <laughs> <laughs> I decided to go in the night before to try to avoid any protesters, like to go over midnight mm-hmm. to the airport, which the airport's normally about 45 minutes away from us on a good day. But, yeah, things were just really bad and worsening throughout the night. I think it took us seven hours, if <laughs> I remember right, to get oh, wow. to the airport. We arrived, yeah, we got there just about 8 o'clock. So, yeah, something like that. And it was really scary. We we came up on different groups of angry people who I got out and asked if we could go through, explaining we needed to go to the airport. They started screaming at us about being white people in their country and, and America's supposed involvement in their political problems and whatever. Mm-hmm. So we had to go really literally over the mountain and through the woods to get to the airport uh, dirt roads uh, we ended up we went up my sister was along with me and we took this route that we saw on google maps and the road just ended in a field on the top of a mountain <laughs> <laughs> so we had to come back down and yeah a crazy stuff but we got there got our Got my in-laws and came back, and it was even worse. Uh, the protests were ramping up. And we discovered that just a few hours after we made it out of the airport, I think it was two hours later, 
that the protesters made an attack on the airport in Kuskal to try to, to take it over. Mm. And so there was a clash between police and the people. Some people were killed. Mm. And so we got out by the skin of our teeth. <laughs> wow. We couldn't get out of Cusco on the roads. And so uh, someone, like every time we were kind of stuck, there would be someone who would tell us, why don't you try going this way or that way? And we ended up taking, going across a railroad track, like literally driving on top of the railroad hmm. uh, on the on the tracks. I mean, and uh, <laughs> hoping that no train was going to come. Uh, wow. To, to get out of Cusco. And then through like an old, uh, I don't even know what you would call it, like a supply road maybe. So it was dirt, hadn't been used in a long time. Uh, mm-hmm. Areas, you know, potted out with with water and mud. We're, we're in the rainy season, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, some really hairy, scary moments. One t- <laughs> At one point we went up in this tiny little village, uh, very steep hills. You can... Only imagine if you've been in, in Cusco what the steep hills here are like. <laughs> and got to the the peak of this hill and the 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 village just ended and the, the road stopped. There is a, a beautiful uh, overlook there over a precipice. But what then? There's a, one vehicle in front of us. So the two of us tried to turn around on this one lane road of mud and... Ah, uh, I thought for sure I was going to go off the edge of the mountain at one at one point, and my mother-in-law was making loud squeaking noises in the back. <laughs> oh dear! Uh, wow. Uh, but yeah, twelve hours later, we got to our hometown, and we were just a couple of miles from our house, but there was no no passage. Roads were blocked with angry crowds and burning burning tires and they had knocked over a truck at one place beyond our our house further away they ended up somehow i don't know how they do this but they they knocked over a double decker bus <laughs> like a, one of those yeah big long distance travel buses and I don't think they burned that one, but they took out the motor, uh, took out the engine, and put it all in pieces along the road to block the road. Oh, wow. So, yeah, there we were. We were exhausted. We stayed at a friend's house in town for a few hours, slept, and then at night, around 7, 7.30, we tried going out again, and our friends came with us. Twice we came up on these drunken crowds <laughs> you know you read these stories about the farmers going out with pitchforks and and all of this sort of thing and it's very much that in real life wow. um, but our friends got out and convinced them that we needed to get home to our family and we got through it took us to go to the airport 45 minutes away and back again it took us 21 hours to get home again uh, uh. very rough day <laughs> Yeah. But praise the Lord, we made it. Yeah. I, I recently read that, um, what did, what was the article that I read? It was talking about how people deal with stress. Yeah. <laughs> and how that we, we somewhat become, basically we adapt to the level of stress in our lives. Yeah. 
that if we actually try to remove all stress, our ability to deal with stress goes down. But as stress goes up, our ability to deal with stress goes up like we're very adaptable. <laughs> okay. And I've, I've actually wondered about that before with you all down there that like how do you even like how do you even survive <laughs> mm. with what's going on? That's that's an interesting question because you would have you would have known me when I lived in the states and I was very risk averse and you know a perfectionist and maybe a little bit oh, what is the word maybe a little bit obsessive compulsive about things have to be you know exactly on time everything has mm-hmm. to be exactly in its place and and if not I would get super stressed out and so that me you know of 20 2016 2017 whatever mm-hmm. i think would have died <laughs> <laughs> the, this last couple of weeks but yeah living in in our, a latin american country that we've the president that we have now is the seventh president that we've had in the last three uh almost four years now and the presidential cycle is five years in peru so we haven't even gone through one full presidential cycle, and we've had seven presidents <laughs> elected, removed, imprisoned, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very, very unstable situation. But surviving is actually a little bit tough. We have had to be closed in here on the farm for over a week in the last month, not being able to get to town to get any groceries any sort of thing like that. So whenever there is a little bit of an opening, we just go, you know, flying into town and buy whatever is available. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, when things had been rough for a while, they the protesters said they would open the roads for one day so people could do business. So I went into town that afternoon and to buy to buy food. Things were rotten. Uh, you know, people hadn't been able to sell their stuff for a while, but that was all there was to sell, and prices were higher than they should have been because of that. So you just buy a bunch of slimy vegetables and some brown hmm. fruit and, you know, get what you can. Yeah. So, yeah, it can be a little challenging for sure, but I don't know. I don't know where things are going to go, how long it's going to take for them to settle down. You know, Venezuela, if you're familiar with that situation, they went through a very similar uh, circumstance there, except in their case, the president did manage to close down Congress and re-elect people who were his supporters and rewrite the Constitution, and they ended mm-hmm. up with a communist government who... Venezuela now has two governments, the communist government and the one that they're calling the former democratic legitimate government that are at war with each other. And that's been going on now for some years. So mm-hmm. what will happen with Peru, I I can't tell. But uh, right now we have, how does the song say? We have enough, yet not too much to ask for more. <laughs> <laughs> that's where we are. Yeah, I kind of have to laugh sometimes. People, people talk about the direction that the United States is going, and it's just going down the tubes, and things are so bad and so corrupt, and... Yeah, I mean, it could be better for sure, but 
I mean, it's nothing compared to what some other countries around the world are like. <laughs> and yeah. I hear hear what y'all are dealing with, and it makes me thankful for what we have here. and makes me pray that things can be figured out there, and yeah, the government could, could be stable and, and be able to do a good job at leading the country and providing for people and mm-hmm. doing what government's supposed to do. Yeah, and the scripture tells us to pray for peace in our governments, and so that's what we're we're doing. We understand at the same time that the world is headed towards its end, and as optimistic as I am about the future after the end of the world, there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of bad that we'll have to mm-hmm. to go through to get there. So, are these more signs of the end? Yes. <laughs> Uh, how close the end is, we can't really know, but it's closer than it was last year, that's for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we need to prepare ourselves. You, you said about looking at from the States to Peru, one way that we comfort ourselves <laughs> is we look at the brethren in Ukraine and Russia and wonder how it would be to try to carry live a normal life when there are are rockets coming over your heads mm-hmm. as you're going to town to get you know at, when we go to town sure maybe we don't find everything that we want in as pristine condition as we wish but we're not dodging <laughs> yeah bombs and and rockets and so on so mm-hmm. i don't know who the who the ukrainian and russian people look to for comfort but yeah yeah that's for sure world is a dark place in some areas yeah it's you know sometimes it's like you look at it and you're like well i mean it's not like so there's some problems that are almost intractable and you know or not solvable for instance like curing cancer Mm -hmm. it's just like there's almost no way that we can i mean maybe we will figure it out someday but it's an extremely difficult problem and we talked in the other episode about fusion, that's an extremely difficult problem. Like you can have the smartest people in the world working on it for decades and it just, there's not much progress. Right. But it seems like with some of the government stuff, it's, it seems like it's kind of obvious some of the stuff that needs to happen. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's like, this isn't rocket science. (laughs) This isn't fusion. Mm -hmm. You just need to make reasonable decisions but I think what makes government so hard and governing so difficult is that, you know, you're you're trying to govern people that are fallen and selfish. Right. And, you know, add in whatever other negative adjectives you want to put there. Mm-hmm. But that would be bad enough, except the people that are doing the governing are also just as selfish and violent as the people that they're supposed to be governing. Mm-hmm. So that's what makes it difficult. And it's really sad to see our our neighbors. It's without reason. It feels like they, uh, for example, in the clash where they were trying to take over the airport in Cusco, it, it, it's farmers. They a group of farmers who, you know, had no protection except their hats, who were using homemade homemade uh, slingshots to attack the police who are in bulletproof armor. They have their guns. They're behind shields in tanks. 
and they they went up against that and the police were trying to protect the airport and ended up you know opening fire on people who came too close or would not stand back and people lost their lives and it's like how how can you how can you think that you know going in with a slingshot against a, a tank is going to work mm-hmm. so there's a lot of loss and pain and whatever that is not only um like you said maybe have some obvious solutions but it's it just seems pointless like why why you would choose that but i suppose from their point of view they're standing up for their beliefs and mm-hmm. you know they're willing to give their lives for what they believe in it should be a challenge for us as <laughs> as yeah. god's people you know how bold are we the the analogies break down really quickly but uh, <laughs> i think there are some good some good analogies there too mhm anyhow uh when are you coming to visit peru <laughs> um well 